and welcome everyone to our eighth Headwing Talk episode. My name is Luke Jean, the host of the program, and once again, I am by myself, still trying this out, still checking it out, see how it goes, see if you all like it. And today's topic, after, you know, of course, I have many topics I personally am passionate about and want to discuss. One topic that has come to mind recently and that has been on my heart is the 2024 U.S. presidential elections. Uh, It's an election year, and it's starting to heat up. Uh, Joe Biden, our current president, is running for re-election to seek a second term for the Democrat side. Meanwhile, the Republican side has Donald Trump, who is leading all the polls with some other candidates. At the time of this recording, several have dropped out. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has dropped out. Vivek Ramaswamy has dropped out. Chris Christie has dropped out. Right now, the race for the Republican side is between Donald Trump, who has a major lead, and Nikki Haley, who is a Republican who used to be governor of South Carolina. So, (laughs) I just sniffled. Uh, Donald Trump did that in the 2016 debates. In the second debate, he would always start off by saying, uh, da, da, da. He would just sniff into the microphone. <laughs> There's videos on YouTube where it cuts every time he sniffled. <laughs> In any case, but I don't just want to talk about the 2024 presidential election. I want to talk about it specifically from Heavenly Parents' perspective. Uh, and to start this discussion, I wanted to take this episode to grade, if you will, President Biden from the viewpoint of Hedwig and the viewpoint of Heavenly Parent. Because in the end, everyone who is a citizen of this country and a global citizen of the world, anyone who lives in the world, we're all brothers and sisters. And the Hedwig view is that because we're all brothers and sisters, it is very difficult for us to be governed. Because it's almost like we're electing one of our siblings to watch over us while our parent isn't home. But actually, in the ideal, it is God, our heavenly parent, who governs the world directly. Because in the family, it is the parents who govern. It's the parents who are the head of the household, who watch over and nurture the children. Similarly, in an ideal world, God, as the heavenly parent, would do that, especially since, ideally, God would not only be governing this world directly, but he would be governing the world directly through his children. He would be embodied in his mature children, who would stand in the position of parents themselves, but not parents who have all these contradictions and baggage and difficult things to work out, but a set of true parents. True parents, in other words, is a set of parents that don't have all this baggage and all these, you know, contradictions and self-doubt and selfishness and all these negative things that human beings carry. And that's how God would govern the world, because we would all be in that position of a true parent. But because that's not the case, and because a heavenly parent, God, is not fully present in the world, we have to settle for electing and having 
a sibling, in a sense, rule over us, usually an elder sibling, uh, uh, which, in other words, is someone who has, hopefully, some respect in the society, someone who's shown worthiness to govern the rest of the people. Uh, and these people are politicians in the United States with our republic, uh, democracy by representation. And so that's just the reality of the president's position, is that unless God is working through the president of the United States and working through the government of the United States, in the end, it's just one of our older siblings guiding us, and they're just like us. They have flaws. They have selfish natures. They are susceptible to corruption and power and susceptible to even evil. So that's why I think it's important to grade not just the current president but of our own country, but the presidents of all nations around the world in light of God, our heavenly parent, with that viewpoint. Because the goal of the president is to stand as close to a parental position rather than a sibling position to the people as possible. Because Standing as close as you can to a parental position allows for the giving of parental love, which is not always nice, but it is the love that and the perspective that will, especially long term, grow the population and grow the country as an extension. So with the importance of viewing our president and our government from the lens of God established, Let's look at President Biden. And <laughs> if you know anything about politics, perhaps the one thing you know about President Biden is the various memes and clips of him gaffing or uh, messing up a, a sentence and stuff like that. Um, but it's actually really important to go beyond that and to analyze him not just as a person, but as someone who's supposed to stand as close to a parental position as possible, even though he is part of the global family as a sibling, as an elder sibling. Um, so, Joe Biden in Heavenly Parents' perspective. Let's get started. And I've divided these into several categories to help make it easier to grade, if you will, President Biden from the viewpoint of Hedwing and the viewpoint of Heavenly Parent. And let's start with uh, his religious his religiousness uh, how religious is he uh, so joe biden is a roman catholic uh, he goes to mass sometimes of course you know being the president can't really do it that often um, but it's really difficult to gauge how religious a person is without looking at their life as a whole so a snapshot of joe biden uh, he grew up in an upper class middle, upper middle class family, uh, and then when he was, I believe, in his thirties, he became thirties or forties. He became a senator of the United States, uh, served in the Senate for decades and decades and decades, and then in the two thousands, uh, sought to run for president of the United States, became Obama's 
vice president, President Barack Obama's vice president for his two terms. Took four years off the political stage and then ran for president in the 2020 election and beat Donald Trump. Now, his personal life, which of course is very tied to politics, has unfortunately been a life like most politicians, which is a life of corruption and seeking some sort of power to some extent. Uh, as as I don't know if you all know, but there's a lot of controversy with his family, uh, with his son Hunter Biden funneling money to President Biden, uh, and the way Hunter, his son Hunter did this was by uh, using the fact that his father was at the time the vice president and is now the president, kind of using the Biden family name, as it's called, as leverage for companies to give money and to produce laws in those companies' favors. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest story in terms of his corruption, but, you know, he, at the same time, produced a son, another son, Bo Jackson, uh, uh, Bo Biden, who uh, served the U.S. military, and Joe Biden regards himself as a family man. Uh, he sticks up for his other son, Hunter, probably a bit more than he should, given how his son has, you know, very uh, difficult history with drugs and addiction and uh, sexual promiscuity and stuff like that. Um, but that's all I personally know on his personal life, and it's very tied to politics. Uh, so. But in terms of his how religious he is, when compared to you know the average person, when compared to the average politician, he's like most people. Yeah, you know, he he identifies with a religious faith, but does he really practice it in his own life? Does it really guide his policy decisions and even his personal decisions? I would say not. So I would give him a C, because I mean I don't know the man. I don't know how much he connects to God. I don't know his personal relationship with Heavenly Parent. So we'll give him a C. Just because what we do know about him, what's in the public news, what's in what's in public is, you know, a lot of typical bit slimy pol politician type things. Um, so beyond that, now that we've kind of tackled that, uh, how would God view Joe Biden's presidency, we're going to tackle some areas of governance. Uh, and let's start with foreign policy. And the reason why I want to start with foreign policy is because from the headwing perspective, God is working through various countries, through various people in various countries to slowly create the conditions for the ideal world. Uh, for example, God was on the side of the Allied powers in World War II. Why? Because they were, whether they were brought into the war, particularly the United States brought into the war or not, but it was to, whether it was because of that reason or not, but it was to fight fascism. One of the most, like, the most evil form of government and ideology ever seen in this world. With its, you know, of course, it's, I would say, you can't compare suffering, but 
it's certainly on par with communism for sure. And the Allied powers, so those Western nations, were on God's side, if you will. Why? Because they were defeating fascism, which was a complete obstacle to the ideal world. A complete obstacle, 100%. And then it came to the Cold War. Uh, the Hedwig world view is that defeating communism, which took the lives of over 100 million people in the 20th century, at least 50 million in Soviet Russia alone, to take that ideology out of the picture was very necessary for God to even think about establishing an ideal world. Because human beings have a portion of responsibility. God can't just do it all uh, God's self. So in order to do that, he needs to work through human beings. And he worked through the human beings in the Western powers that were fighting the Soviet Union, who were fighting communism because of that extreme obstacle to the ideal world. And the United States has always played a central role in the past few hundred years in God's fight to create the ideal world. Like I said, we've seen it with the United States fighting fascism, the United States fighting communism in the Cold War, the United States being a nation that stands up for freedom, even though how they've stood up for freedom has been varied in terms of morality and the ethics behind it. The ways they've done it have varied throughout history. Nevertheless, the United States has played such an instrumental role, I feel, in God's providence, if you will, God's effort to create the ideal world. So the United States' foreign policy, how it deals with other nations, is extremely key to God, its viewpoint. It's very key when we look in the eyes of God. I feel that God looks at how we interact with other nations of the world very much. So, what is the U.S. doing around the world? Well, let's start with two of the most hot-button, hot-topic issues in terms of foreign policy. First issue is the Israel-Hamas war that began on October 7th after Hamas's brutal and inhumane terrorist attack on Israel, where they claimed the lives of over 1,500 people. Now, on that specific issue, I would grade Biden a B plus. I think the United States has encouraged Israel to fight this war when a lot of other nations around the world are pressing Israel to not fight this war, to surrender or to have a ceasefire. But to allow Hamas to live, to allow Hamas to exist, in my opinion, is a world threat. In their charter, they call for the extermination of all Jewish people. They seek to destroy the Western world. In their charter, they say, death to, the, to America. So to eliminate that specific terrorist group is vital for peace in the world and vital for the establishment of an ideal world, which is what we all hope to do. Like I said in my last week's episode, we want to strive for the ideal. We want to strive for the highest standard possible. So what's the highest standard possible for the world? It's the ideal world. So that's why I use that term, ideal world. So I would give Biden a B plus for that. The only reason why I don't give him an A, I feel, is because 
and it's not necessarily all his fault, but he's been facing a lot of pressure from the far left of in America to condemn Israel's actions rather than condemning Hamas's actions. In the U.S., there have been a lot of high-profile pro-Hamas protests by young people, of all people, uh, in the United States calling for the U.S. and President Biden to stop aiding and supporting Israel. And because of that, President Biden has not fully committed, I feel, 100% to aiding Israel. Uh, For example, when you compare President Biden's commitment to aiding Ukraine, it's significantly less. And so that's my next foreign policy topic, is the Russian-Ukraine war. Now, how would God? Now, first of all, I want to take this moment to address how God views war, because, for example, when we look into a lot of religious scriptures, particularly monotheistic, uh, Abrahamic scripture, we see that in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible and the Torah, God is commanding His people to engage in war with certain groups, and in the New Testament. Jesus kind of brings to light the fact that we should not fight, we should not choose violence, and that war in the eyes of God is not okay. But then when we look at Muslim scripture, we see that there is such a thing as justified war, and especially to towards people who are disbelievers of the faith and to those that threaten their pilgrimages. Those are two examples of that. So how does God view war? Now, as a parent, he does not want to see his children fighting. God absolutely detests war. It's the most painful thing, in my opinion, that God can see because it's his own children killing and beheading and brutally attacking each other for superficial material things. However, because of the position that God is in where he can't directly govern the world, he has to battle evil somehow. And the only way God can battle evil is if he uses his own children. That's the sad reality of God's situation. That's the sad reality of our heavenly parent. He can't fight these wars for us because he has been unable to enter this world because of the contradiction that formed in human beings. This, which this is known as the fall of man story, for example, in Christianity and Judaism. And many, many cultures have similar stories where human beings were cast down from heaven, down from the gods and left to fight and fend for themselves. But from Heavenly Parents' perspective, this is the tragic situation. He, God cannot engage in war Yet, he has to let his children fight these wars. Otherwise, there is no highest standard. Because in order to defeat evil, you have to fight evil. And the only way to fight evil is sometimes killing evil, when evil gives you no other choice. And so, that's where we hear these terms of God's side, and Satan's side, or good side, evil side, or who's right and who's wrong. Really, that's God's efforts to indirectly guide because he can't govern directly. So he has to rely on certain children of his that he chooses 
to help lead these battles against evil. And sometimes these lines don't look like good and evil because the standard of good and evil has changed throughout history. For example, prior to the Jewish law and prior to the Sumerian Mesopotamian code, you could just kill people. It was normal, completely normal, before Harambe's code and before the Ten Commandments. Then those two sets of laws for, it, it, with reference to the North African and Middle East region elevated the level of morality so that actually there were certain rules and restrictions on killing. And then as history developed, killing was eventually just outright not okay unless self-defense. Another example is slavery. Slavery, up until four or five hundred years ago, was a world commonality. It was the world norm. You warred with another country, you took all the riches. What were one of the riches? Slaves. But then, over the course of the past four hundred years, then three hundred years, then two hundred years in the U.S., and so on, slavery was slowly abolished from the world. That's, those are some examples of the level of morality rising as God's effort to bring the ideal world slowly progresses. But that means that sometimes we see countries that are fighting each other and they both seem like they're in the wrong or they both have some bad parts to them. But we have to remember how the perspective of God, which is, how, how do I bring us closer to the ideal world? Which country or which group of people are inhibiting that? And that's a really tough decision for God to make. But God sees super long term. So it's a you know, really tragic analogy, but it is like a chess game. It's like you care about all your pieces, but to win the game, you have to let some of the pawns be sacrificed. You have to let certain pieces go. And because of what happened in the beginning of human history, that's the position God's forced into. He doesn't want to be in this position, but God has to play this little game of chess with his own children for the sake of all of his children, whether they're on the earth now or they're in the afterlife can eventually experience the ideal because God doesn't want to settle for less. And that goes so far as to allow his children to kill each other, to put his children in positions where they will die, even though they're just part of this larger picture. And it's a really sad reality, but I have to get, I have to, that, that background is so important because when we look at this war between Russia and Ukraine, the populations of these two countries are totally innocent. The Russian population, for example, has nothing to go by except the Russian media, which is largely just state propaganda. And similar to the Ukrainian side, most of those people, what they see is Russia attacking their country. What are they going to do, just sit there? No, they're going to fight. So it comes down to these two countries' governments and these two countries with regard to God's efforts to bring the ideal world on the world stage. Now, 
from this perspective, the side that's relatively good is Ukraine. Ukraine is more closely allied with NATO and the United States, which are, especially the United States, is a nation that God intends to use to create the ideal world. Well, Russia colludes with China, which is a communist country, as well as North Korea, also a communist country. And Vladimir Putin is a former KGB Soviet agent. So with regards to Russia as a country, they unfortunately have been placed in this uh, lesser goodness side, or relative evil, you could say. Now, so the United States is supporting of Ukraine is a good thing. And actually, it's produced some very important strategic results, as a matter of fact. For example, Russia was, before they invaded Ukraine, was touted as this underdog, scary enemy that if they invaded a country or if they went to war with the West, it would be a difficult fight. But actually, this war has kind of showed Russia's hand. And their hand is full of World War II equipment, full of untrained soldiers. And we've, with the help of the billions of dollars we sent to Ukraine, indirectly decimated half their military. So strategically, the United States has produced a major victory in its efforts against Russia to hold them back. Now, for this, I give Biden an A minus because the aid to Ukraine, I feel, has done the world a lot of good, except for the fact that, the two facts, actually. The first fact is that there are no checks and balances as to where this money is going. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that some people forget that the Ukrainian government actually is not this amazing, innocent government that the American media seems to portray them as. Actually, they're very corrupt. There's been a lot of scandals with them. These scandals are actually tied to both former President Trump and President Biden, through his son. And they're not a full-on democracy. They are very oppressive towards groups of Christians in the country. And I feel that President Biden is ignoring this. Now, the other flaw in this aid to Ukraine is that Ukraine still isn't winning the war. And that's just a problem. Because I don't think Ukraine can win the war. It's possible. But in the end, their military, despite Russia's lack of a sophisticated mission, military, still has more manpower than Ukraine. And so I feel for you, for, and in addition to, Ukraine wants to boot out Russia, not just from where they've already invaded, but the Crimean region as well, which they took in 2014. And that is a significant challenge. I don't think it's realistic at this time. So I think to stop the bloodshed, I think what President Biden should do is broker a peace deal or help broker a peace deal. So that Russia is weakened and loses, but at the same time, this war doesn't get prolonged. Because I think this war has achieved the strategic ends that God needs. So, actually, you know what? I'll give Biden a 
President Biden a B plus for Ukraine too, not an A minus, a B plus, a B plus. Now, in terms of how President Biden is interacting with the African nations of the world, we're going to go region by region, conflict by conflict. How is I would give Biden, President Biden, a C minus for how he's interacting with Africa, and the reason why is that America should be in a position to be supporting these developing African countries. But instead, what they're doing is they're putting President Biden and his administration are putting their views on social issues and telling these African countries that if you don't agree with our views of certain social issues, especially LGBTQ plus issues, then we're going to cut off funding. We're going to potentially introduce sanctions. This really wacky rhetoric that, I mean, what happened to leaving these countries and their beliefs alone, but rather supporting free, just support free countries. They're free to disagree with you. And I feel this is something that is not a smart strategy and actually discourages further reconciliation and further unity with the African continent, because that's something America has to deal with. And actually, what's crazy is that a lot of the African people and nations have moved on from the transatlantic slave trade and have, are just trying to rebuild their civilization, rebuild their countries into fully developed countries to compete with the world. But that's not happening because the Biden administration is too focused on African countries' anti-gay legislation and anti-this and anti-that. I think it's silly. And I think that the Biden administration pushing those views actually shows that most of the world does not agree with the American left in this country. They just don't. Whatever you think about those issues, they don't agree with us. And we have to let that go. So I feel that America is not doing good in that area. And Heavenly Parents' wish is to promote reconciliation and unity with Africa. But we can't do that if we're pushing our views on Africa, especially views that Heavenly Parent doesn't, you know, as we'll get, as I'll get into, maybe not this episode, but another episode, doesn't see eye to eye with the Biden administration. Biden's foreign policy with Europe, I would also give a, well, how would Heavenly Parent view Europe? I think I would give it a C plus. Um, President Biden's getting along with most of the European leaders. Uh, you know, of course, outside of Ukraine, I'm talking about in this case. However, the way that the United States is engaging with NATO, I think, is a bit weak. I think that NATO isn't fully together. I think that, and I think that Heavenly Parent, Heavenly Parent wants NATO to still fulfill its original purpose, which is to combat communism, which is in the form of 
to some extent, Russia, China, most certainly, North Korea, most certainly. But that's not NATO's focus right now. And <clears throat> in addition, I think NATO's focus is not on promoting unity with especially Russia, old Soviet Union. But instead of just taking this massively aggressive stance, you don't have to take this massively aggressive stance towards Russia. I feel that heavenly parent after the Soviet Union wanted NATO to embrace the Soviet Union and embrace Russia, just like <clears throat> the Allied powers tried to do with Germany. They rebuilt uh, democratic Germany into a very successful country. But, and they did the same with Japan. They helped Japan rebuild. They let them rebuild. They didn't repeat the mistake of World War I, where the Western powers put all the reparations on Germany. But with NATO post-Cold War, I think they did some of that to Russia and allowed this resentment to foster, leading to Vladimir Putin with his anti-American rhetoric. And so I think that President Biden would do well to encourage reconciliation with Russia, with sternness, of course. That's the beauty of heavenly parent. They have a motherly embracing heart, but with stern fatherly love. All right, moving on to Central and South America. I give this one a D. D for dog crack. And I say this specifically because of the United States border crisis. The border crisis in America is very tragic, but it's not just tragic because of the fact that there's a lot of crime and drugs, etc., possibly pouring into the country. No. Excuse me, take a sip of water. It's because there is a massive corruption problem and a massive drug problem in this form of cartels in Central America specifically. And the Biden administration is refusing to even say those words and refusing to tackle and work with the governments to disrupt the flow of drugs, disrupt the flow of corruption in those countries. In fact, even Argentina, which has a very conservative president and is cracking down on all the crime, President Biden and his administration are not even considering working with him and said him and his administration and those on the, on the left wing of this country are instead admonishing the new Argentinian president, and instead bashing him rather than working together with him as a possible success formula to rid this crime and corruption and drug cartel influence out of these countries. So I give Biden a D, and it's effect his foreign policy with these countries is affecting our country as well. With South America, I would give President Biden a D also for that reason. And last, we get to Asia. I would give President Biden a B in his foreign policy with Asia. I think that he's... One thing that the administration did that I actually thought was a very smart thing and something that Heavenly Parent would want is he tried to broker a deal with the United States as a middleman between Japan and Korea to help... and South Korea to help fortify against North Korea. 
And it worked to some extent. It wasn't perfect. A lot of kinks to work out, but I think Heavenly Parent would love to see President Biden continue those efforts to reconcile Japan and South Korea. The reason why I give President Biden a B is that, unlike President Trump, he's not actively seeking to uh, have good relations and encourage the denuclearization of North Korea. Because one thing that Heavenly Parent desperately desires is no divided countries. And so Heavenly Parent really looks to North and South Korea, who have been divided for 70 plus years. Because that is another front line of democracy and communism. And Heavenly Parent wants to see democracy flourish, and he wants to see that be an example for the rest of the world and how to give reconciliation. But the United States is not doing its part, I feel. I feel it's not doing its part, and Heavenly Parent wants the United States to do its part. So, actually, I'll give it, I'll, I'll change it to a B minus. So, so far, we have talked about just foreign policy. We've talked about the Israel Hamas war, the Russia Ukraine war. We've talked about foreign policy with Europe, South Central America, with Asia, with Africa, all from, I hope, Heavenly Parents' viewpoint. And Heavenly Parents' viewpoint is to promote unity throughout the world. And to do that is a very complicated thing. And it sometimes does require war. But Heavenly Parent doesn't want these wars to go on forever. So when wars such as the Israel-Hamas war happen, Heavenly Parent desperately, of course, wants this evil terrorist group ousted from the Middle East, from the Holy Land. Because it is this terrorist group that is preventing peace in the region. Heavenly Parent does want Russia to not be successful in battling the West through Ukraine. But Heavenly Parent also doesn't want this war to go on forever. Heavenly Parent wants reconciliation between the U.S. and Africa. But he doesn't want that through President Biden pushing views that Heavenly Parent wouldn't like, or views that are just imposing on Africa rather than working together with them. Heavenly Parent wants to see the United States and Central and South America unite. But he knows that that can't be done when we're demonizing successful leaders rather than promoting them and helping them root out corruption and drugs and these killing things in these countries. Heavenly Parent wants North and South Korea united. Heavenly Parent wants NATO to help reconcile and defeat communism, but not be just admonishing and aggressive no matter what. And so that is the state of President Biden's foreign policy, I believe, from Heavenly Parent's perspective. Heavenly Parent wants unity throughout the world because that is the best thing to help achieve the ideal world. Do that's very complicated. I think President Biden is doing some things good, but he's definitely lacking in a lot of areas in terms of foreign policy. So if you like this episode, because I said I'd rate all his foreign, all his, you know, parts of his policies. If you like me talking about President Biden's foreign policy from the perspective of Heavenly Parent, and if you disagree or you do agree, and if you like it or don't like it, please leave a comment. Please reach out to us on Instagram, Headwing Talk Podcast, or on email, headwing at talk at gmail.com. Please follow us, like, and subscribe, download the episodes. Please share it with your friends. And I hope you've enjoyed this eighth episode of Headwing Talk. Have a great week, everyone. Woo!